Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage here in Dane County. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchie over in Kimberly. Coach, Happy New Year. Episode number 40. Uh, we're still alive and kicking here in this podcast game. Yes, Happy New Year to all of our listeners out there. And what a great way to finish your this 2021 in that we had two Badgers with Colin and then also Lauren. What an unbelievable situation. We get the Badgers playing tomorrow night. We're recording this on a Wednesday. So tomorrow night they're going to be playing. It's going to be a late one. Yep. And uh, then we got Colin. Unfortunately, he cannot play in it, but we already seen some social media where he's doing a little coaching this week. And right. that doesn't surprise right. me because of the team player he is. He's doing whatever he can to help those his team win that game. And then coming off that big national volleyball, first ever for the Wisconsin championship was just so exciting. So this is going to be great. Well, and, and, and Lauren said, you know, when we talked to her that she was going to go out to the game and some of her teammates were going to go out, you know, so hopefully they, they enjoyed themselves and, and, and whatnot at the, at the game in Vegas. And, you know, like I said, Dean, this is, this is our 40th, 40th episode here. Um, we've been doing this almost nine, nine months, I believe. And we've got so many great messages and feedback from so many coaches, even athletes that, that you train and that train with us. And so just want to send a, a thank you to everybody that tunes in on a weekly basis to all of our new listeners as well. We want to thank you. Obviously keep sharing the show. Uh, we're hoping and that, that people are getting a lot out of it. Uh, we think that, that we're spreading some good messages about leadership and integrity, being a good person, you know, how to, how to be successful, be a winner um, and doing it the right way. So again, want to thank everybody that's tuning in and listening and, and things like that. But we're getting into 2022 here and, you know, hopefully everybody finishes their, or finish their, their 2021 strong, but starting off in 2022, Dean, you know, Colin brought up a, a great message that we really liked and it's knowing your strengths and weaknesses. And I've always been a firm believer in this Dean, and you can share your thoughts on your strengths shouldn't be left alone, right? That's what makes you who you are, whether you're a coach or you're an athlete, and you need to continue to make those strengths stronger. Um, but with your weaknesses, you got to attack those and not be afraid of them. It's like something in the weight room. You know, some kids, maybe they don't like doing reverse hypers. We get that a lot with kids with reverse hypers when they start doing them because their posterior chain is so weak, their low backs weak, their, their glutes and hamstrings are weak. And so weaknesses, when you attack them, you may find out at some point that it could be a strength for you or something that you just have, have not addressed. And so Colin brought that up as knowing your strengths and weaknesses will really help you develop as an athlete. And I believe it helps you develop as a coach as well. Brian, there's no doubt about it. What I really liked is he had that sit down conversation because coach Leonard has that open door policy. And I think so many coaches do have that and you can go in there and really have that one-on-one -on -one situation and conversation in that, you know, you can be really truthful with your athlete. If you're a coach and, and maybe if you're a captain of a team, you're having that same conversation with another athlete. And maybe it's some things, maybe that they're not doing that's bad for the team culture. Maybe there you have individuals doing some things that don't abide by school rules or team rules or just how you do things with your standard. So having those conversations 
is a game changer, in my opinion. And Callen just, you could just tell his relationship. He felt, started falling in love with football again. And part of that is the relationship him and Coach Leonard had in making everything work. Just he started to really love the game and he lost it there in the University of Houston. And I think that happens to all athletes. They go situations and, you know, it becomes a grind or you, you, you have some adversity, whatever the situation is. And you got to have that, find that love for that. And how, what better way of doing it is through a coach or a teammate, Brian. And I think too, in, in our culture today, our athletes are so used to being, being told how good they are when they're young. And there's nothing wrong with, with telling your son or daughter or younger athletes that they had a good game and, and things like that. But what I'm finding, Dean, and you probably see this at the high school level too, it's, it's harder and harder to coach kids nowadays because most coaches are, are going to come at kids from a teaching point of view where they want to explain maybe they did a down block incorrectly, or maybe they, they did something incorrectly. And a lot of times kids, you take this so personally, like, like we're attacking you and parents and get involved and they're, you know, you're attacking my child. That's not why people coach. Like people don't go into coaching to destroy young people's lives. I mean, but I think our culture is at such a point right now where Everybody wants this immediate gratification to be told how good I'm going to be. And I'm chasing this D1 dream and doing this other stuff that you can't even take a step back and hear and listen when someone's trying to help you to get better because we all have weaknesses. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's strengths are the same. Um, you know, some guys are built a little more fast twitch. Some guys are built bulkier and they're stronger and, and things like that. And you got to work through, you know, what you were given, but we have to get to a point in athletics where we can accept criticism that's constructive in a coaching manner, in a teaching manner, and learn from it and not think that coaches are trying to tear you down or that your teachers in school are trying to tear you down. Athletes, be receptive to that because most people that are in a leadership role, whether it's a teacher, a coach, an administrator, do it, went into it because they want to help young people, especially volunteer people at the youth level. Most coaches volunteer, you know, they're not getting paid to coach your 11 year old, you know, um, West Madison little league or Kimberly little league team. They're out there because they want to help people. And a lot of times by helping kids understand what they're doing incorrectly, you're helping them in the long run develop in that sport or even, you know, as a person. I think too, Brian, as a coach, it's very important when we're talking about strengths is for every athlete has a strength. And you have to find that out as a coach and you must make sure that you communicate that with the athletes, especially at the youth level. You see so many times the, the person that's getting all the attention is the person that is a really good athlete and, and they might've just had a growth spurt earlier and they're just more developed and whatever, they're getting plenty of recognition. But it's those individuals that maybe there's a AJ Klein, for example, late bloomer, in those situations where you might be undersized and maybe you're just not as gifted yet, but you can find out coaches a strength. It might be just how they practice. It's going to be things that we call control the controllables. It's your effort. It's being a great teammate, but you have to find some positives for every individual. Cause I think the whole idea of youth sports, obviously you're going to teach the fundamentals of the sport 
But the, the big issue is, and I think one of the, the main emphasis is as a coach, you want those kids to continue to play. Because as you know, anybody that does something consistently is going to get better. And especially at a young age, because kids are growing at all different rates. And unfortunately, if you say something really negative and you are really down on a kid, maybe you're yelling at that individual, that could really turn the individual off. And therefore they quit at a very young age. And then they're going to go play a different sport or worse yet, don't play any sports because we know that's why we do what we do is the benefits of athletics far go way past the high school level when you graduate. It's lifelong lessons that they're going to carry on over to be a better husband, better mother, a better sibling, whatever the situation is. And I think that communication is so important, learning how to communicate. Because again, if you're the coach that is always picking apart athletes' weaknesses, like you said, they lose interest, right? Because again, a 12-year-old athlete you can find a lot wrong with what they do athletically on every single play. You can probably watch them do layups, how they dribble. You can pick it apart, things like that. So there's that fine line that, that you have to make sure you're understanding and just being honest with your athletes. Like if they have a bad practice, talk to them about it. If they have a great practice, talk to them about it. That's one of the things that I really hold my head high on and, and my staff here at Sports Advantage does such a great job of is we're 100% transparent with the kids, with the parents. And at the end of the day, the kids know, like if we say that they had a bad practice, it's not because we're in a bad mood or they had a bad workout. It's because they just, they weren't there. And that's going to happen. That's going to happen. We're talking about young athletes, coaches. We're not talking about guys that are making $5 million a year that get paid to do this. They're out, most of them just to have fun, do some stuff. Some, you know, you get more competitive as you go older. But you have to learn how to be a teacher and to share weaknesses, strengths, and, and do it in a way that the athlete gets excited. Either way, like Dean, if you tell me what my strengths are, I should get excited about that. And the way you explain you know, what I need to get better at, I should get excited for that too, just in the way that you communicate it. And that's big. You know, Look at a lot of the pro athletes. Look at the Greek freak, for example. He was weak when he came into the, the league and he was – you know, wasn't a real good shooter. He's hitting some three-pointers. Now, LeBron James, just an incredibly, you know, freak athlete, but couldn't shoot. So you look at everyone has a weakness, and we see it at the high school level in the weight room, Brian. Hey, this kid's extremely strong, but they have terrible mobility. And so as strength coaches, we are making sure, hey, we want to continue to get stronger, obviously. You love getting strong in a weight room, but if we do some mobility work, you're going to move better and you're going to be a much better athlete on the court, the field, the diamond, the track. So as athletes, you should be really excited to hear any positives or negatives in which you can turn into a positive. Well, Dean, I, you know, I think it comes back to relationships, right? I mean, it, we've talked about on so many of our podcasts that coaching is relationships, but, but being good teammates is about relationships too, you know? And so, when you start talking about relationships, I think Colin brought that message up as well about developing relationships with his teammates. And the olden days of the, you know, the separation of, you know, upperclassmen and lowerclassmen in the locker room is going away. 
And I think you guys at Kimberly, I'm, I, I'm not sure what other schools do, but I just know from hearing from Coach Jones and yourself and, and obviously the success you've had, um, how you guys promote leadership within your locker room, how you kind of flip the, the, the traditional pyramid of, you know, coaches on top, seniors, juniors, senior, you know, sophomores, freshmen on the bottom, and really empower those freshmen by empowering your older athletes to include them in everything. And I think everybody talks about the locker room being a family. And there's only one way that can be a family is that if the walk-ons, the scholarship athletes all feel the same, they all intermingle within themselves, relationships, there's no judgments, and they work together for the betterment of the program. And Colin said that that was a huge thing for him coming to Wisconsin. Yeah, it was just awesome to hear just the tone of his voice, how excited he got when he started talking about his teammates and that brotherhood. It was uh, just, it reminds me of back when we played, you know, in our athletic days. It's, it's one of the things why we get into coaching when past athletes get done, they, they lose that. You know, I just heard Tom Brady say, you know, they, they mentioned how much longer are you going to go ahead and go? And he said, I want to continue to go as long as I can because I love being with the guys and I love being in that locker room and getting to know people and, and it making a difference in another person's life. But that was very evident there. You know, Kimberly would do a lot of stuff in that we're going to treat our freshmen better than we're going to treat the seniors because that first situation when they get to the high school, that can be overwhelming. When you're a freshman and all of a sudden you're looking at that senior, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's on, you know, in the sporting realm or whatever that case is. But, you know, that is very empowering when an upperclassman goes to a, a lower classman and says, hey, that's not how we do things around here. Or this is how we do things. Or they see them doing it the correct way. And they are getting a ride. They can't get a ride to the workout. Those upperclassmen that have vehicles, they go and pick those individuals up. And so that young person doesn't have an excuse not to be training with their teammates and, and doing what's best individually for them and then also for the team success as well. So that is very big, you know, making sure we're taking care of the locker rooms, making sure we're representing the community in a positive way, in the school in a positive way. And that's an ongoing situation that I think every coach is doing. You see a lot of team meals right now and the bonding that goes on with all of that right now with these bowl games. Guys, I just saw we're at a, a comedy thing in, in Vegas, and they were at, I just saw a Twitter on it, and it was uh, the magician yep. and an angel, I think it was, and he was, they were talking about the Badgers, and they were all laughing and having a great time, and they had some bowl gifts out there, and they are having team dinners and just so many good things. And that's what makes athletics so special. You, you heard the same thing with Lauren, just being with her teammates and how much fun that was and taking advantage of, you know, a situation like COVID that has been so negative. They used it as a positive and they took advantage of that fifth year. And not only her, but many of them on the team. And then one of the teammates has a torn ACL and is continuing to play with a torn ACL, Brian. Yeah. And just wanting to have that last connection with the team for something that's incredible is like winning a national championship. 
I think too, Dean, one thing that, that goes overlooked when you talk about the locker room and younger players and older players is one thing that in younger players, you need to hear this. There's a level of respect when you step in that locker room for the first time that, that needs to be shown to the guys that have done it before. That doesn't mean that, that, that you're expected to go pick up their books at the library for them and things like that. But there, there's a level of respect that needs to happen when you step in that locker room, whether you're a college freshman, I, I don't care if you're a five-star athlete um, or two-star or a walk-on. When you step foot in that locker room, there, there should be a mutual respect that goes on between athletes that have been there and newer athletes and, and younger athletes. You can really bring that bond together by just sharing and showing respect to guys that have done it before, that have, that have played, that have gone through the grind. Because when you go to high school, you, you don't know what the grind is like if you're a freshman. And when you go to college, you don't know what that grind is like when, when you're a freshman going into college. And when you go to the NFL or the NBA, if you, go, you don't know what that grind is like. And so showing those guys and girls, ladies, mutual respect um, and asking questions and trying to learn from them is a great way to get intermingled into those, those groups that are already formed because there are groups. Let's not be, let's, let's, you know, let's not say we're looking the other way to this in the locker room. You have groups of guys, typically, you, you know, like in a, in a football locker room, the skill guys, you know, the, the, the specialists, linemen, you know, linebacker stuff like that. You, you're going to have your pockets of guys. And so asking questions and showing respect, if you're a new linebacker trying you know, to intermingle with some of those guys, is a great way to start forming those bonds because at some point you want that job. You want to be the person that they are. Um, and so understanding how they got to that point is showing them mutual respect. Okay. It's not picking up their towel or, or doing something for them. It's showing them genuine respect. And I think when you show genuine respect in the locker room, that's when your locker room is stronger. The other thing, Brian, is a lot of our, a lot of my athletes that, you know, that were Kimberly athletes that went on and to play in college at our listeners to the podcast, they, they just always look, reflect back at high school. And they were just said, you know, we had some clicks you know, on the team and knowing what I know now from having a, 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 being more mature and being in a college setting and then going through as a high school athlete, I wish we would have, I, or, we as a team would have did a better job. And I've been very lucky to be part of lots of state championships, you know, foreign and foreign track and eight in football. And I will tell you the teams that won the ultimate goal, which is a state championship in high school were the closest. They weren't all friends. Right. And there was definitely click. Right. That's important to say and hear. But we had individuals get out of their comfort zone socially and make relationships with other kids. They weren't going to go hang out with them on the weekends, but they had a much better relationship because they took the time to go out of the way. And even though that wasn't in their clique of friends, they still made the relationship better. And I look back at when I played athletics, and I think I could have done a much better job as a teammate knowing what I know now. And I think we get that a lot from our guests when they're done and maybe they're playing in the pros and, 
and they've had a great collegiate success, they will all come back and said, I, I could have been a better teammate. I could have did some things that could have made our team better. And I think a lot of that just comes with maturity, but a lot of it comes from knowledge. And knowledge is what we're giving our listeners right now is get out of that situation, get out of your comfort zone. We talk about it in the weight room all the time. You know, we have to lift heavy and we gotta, you know, we gotta push our body to become better, but we really gotta make sure we understand that we gotta push our minds as well. We gotta get out of our comfort zone Emily mentioned it. Emily Scott for Louisville volleyball is she got homesickness in, in, in that first intuition is I just want to go back home. I want to go back by my family. And she said how much that just helped her become a better person. And it's going to help her when she graduates as she is this year and moving on with her next career. Well, Dean too, I think the, the, the thing you brought up kind of in the middle there was respect versus friendship. And I, I've always been a believer that you don't have to be friends with every person you play with, you know, but you better respect them. If, if they're putting in the work and, and they're doing what they need to do to, to help the team, make the team better. You don't have to be friends with everybody. You don't have to go hang out at, at, at Dairy Queen or, or, or the bowling alley or, or wherever kids hang out nowadays, but you better respect that person. You better show them respect because they're after the same goal you are. And that's winning a championship. And, and speaking of winning a championship, Holy smokes, you know, uh, our girl, Lauren Barnes, I mean, talk about a spitfire, you know, um, and what, a, I mean, just as we look back at 2021 here, what an incredible way to finish, finish the year for, for Wisconsin Badger fans. You know, they're going to have a bowl game, um, you know, Badger basketball is playing really well. Um, and then you have a national championship with the women's volleyball team and, you know, I can attest to this, the, the one of the, things she brought up that we really, really have talked about since she got off was how competitive practices were. And we see this and we've heard, you know, we can use Nick Saban, you know, one of his greatest recruiting pitches is, Hey, sometimes practices are going to be harder for you than the games. And I know that, you know, when I was at Wisconsin, the, the three years that I was with the offensive line Dean, that was the goal is Tuesday and Wednesday for them to feel like practice was harder than Saturdays. Because if you can walk in, and Emily talked about that too, right? Lifting before practice. But if you can make practices that hard and that competitive, and then you step on the field or the court or the jump in the pool and it's easier, talk about confidence as an athlete. You know what I mean? If you feel like, the people you're playing against in practice, when it matters, it does matter in practice, right? Because you still keep scoring some of the things you do. But there's not 20,000 people in the field house watching. And so creating that atmosphere in, in great programs only is going to make your program that much better. And with Lauren, just when she was talking about, you know, obviously she grew up in Minnesota and hockey is huge there, but she was playing against the boys. Yes. And, you know, she was playing a tough sport in hockey and you could just see that competitiveness transferred when she played volleyball and we saw it on TV. And just like she said, we're, we're all friends at practice, but it gets heated up. Yeah. It's that it's that respect thing again. And that things are going to get heated and you have to be very, very competitive. If you want to get better. Think of a lot of these teams that you get into or, 
you, you get into these all-star AU stuff. Why, why do should be one of the reasons why you do this is to compete against better people. Right. And to, so you are pushed and you become better. We talked about Travis Diener was on one of our podcasts and, you know, his NBA, NBA player, Marquette University, undersized, six foot. Nobody thought he could do it. Playing against his uncles, his dads, older kids at the YMCA, at high school open gyms and taking his lumps, maybe not getting the ball passed to him very much when he was younger, but just being in those situations and being able to get in there and compete. Well, and, and for our fans that watched The Last Dance, there was a part in the, in the Last Dance with Michael Jordan that he would just decide in practice to play with the second team and they would kick the starter's ass, you know, just because he wanted to, he wanted to compete. And so if you view practice as just something you're trying to get through, you're not going to get any better. You're not going to learn how to turn it on and off because it, you, no one really has found, I don't think anybody's really found the magical solution, Dean, how to coast through practice, especially at the high school and college age, and then turn it on on game day. So it's got to be on all the time. And so if you're and coaches, there's a fine line too, between a competitive, competitive practice and, and kind of going overboard. Right. I mean, you're you, Thursday or Friday, you know, Thursday night, you know, and you got a game on a Friday night, you probably don't want guys, you know, doing, you know, third and one, you know, and working on, you know, working on short yardage and cracking guys and stuff like that. But, you know, spacing your practices out and understanding that winning in practice is very important. That's, that's okay to say to everybody out there, just in case everybody knows, okay, that competing in practice and, and playing to win, not just like, you know, they get to ride on the nice bus or they get the first ones at, at dinner. No, we're competing because we want to win. That, that's, that's your reward. You know, you, you get a victory, okay? And so making your practices competitive, and again, the better the program Let's be realistic. The more competitive those practices are going to be because you've got the younger players that, man, they're getting to, they know next year's their year. And Hey, I want to show these guys, Hey, I can play. And so make, to make those practices competitive. And competitive doesn't mean dirty play, right? It exactly. doesn't mean cheap shots. It doesn't, it doesn't involve any of that kind of stuff. A lot of times they deem, like they, they're on the honor system. Absolutely. Athletes judge, athletes judge, coaches don't even get involved. And I found out too, Brian, is some of the best coaches I've ever been around have been the most competitive people that I know. And they are trying to do everything they can for a competitive advantage. And that's why we started this podcast, the Get Your Edge, because we thought, let's give coaches, athletes, parents, whoever's listening, some kind of information. And now the listeners got to take some action on some of this information, some of this knowledge, and therefore they will be, have a competitive advantage. And I think, you know, when you, when you're at practice too, make it competitive and, and there's always going to be a little bit of back and forth, right? Letting, letting kids show emotion, but you got to know as a coach, when's the time to put your foot down and, and, the trash talking's got to go away. You got to play the game because again, you start trash talking on the field on a Saturday afternoon, you get that 15 yard penalty that could cost you the game, you know? So if you're going to make it competitive, 
you better instill the the situations and rules and that are going to be involved in the game. So if you're just going to, you know, we used to do and our practices in Wisconsin got really competitive on Saturdays, you know, your O-line, D-line guys, stuff like that. But there was always that mutual respect. And if you're going to allow guys, you know, to talk back and forth and stuff like that, you also better make sure to make them realize that, Hey, there's consequences that come from going, going too far. And so again, it's never dirty. Um, it's a scenario where they're your teammates, you know, like you're going to take a dirty shot at a guy, take a shot at a guy's knee or, you know, try and roll somebody up, you know, they're, they're still your teammate, you know? And, and so understanding that competing and doing it in a way that's beneficial for your team is, is really the way to go about it. And again, the best teams do it all the time. And Brian, we're both weight room guys. And I remember one time we took our team down when you were at Wisconsin and those linemen were lifted in there and, as a strength coach or anybody that's supervising a weight room, you have to have that environment be competitive in there as well. But remember, it's got to be safe. Right. And that's the important thing. So it cannot get out of hand. It cannot be bad technique. It's got to be a controlled, very competitive environment. And that can carry on over to the field, to the sport. And it can be a huge confidence booster for athletes when they have that experience in the weight room. And that's why we're so drawn to the weight room. Well, Dean, I, I, the technique was great. I know that. I'm not sure how controlled we had it. I mean, I kind of kind of let the animals out of the cages, if you know what I mean. But you can do that if, if you have, like if you've taught them proper technique, understanding where their body's at, you can let them, you can let them go loose. And I, I think athletes, I, I want to share this little secret with you, right? Especially high school athletes. Not everybody has a weight room like Kimberly where they have 160 squat racks in it. And, and <laughs> just, just kidding. But it, in every weight room, all right, you're going to be working with some partners, some, some guys or girls, right? Typically, you're going to be two to four people to a, to a rack, all right? And if your coach lets you auto-regulate a little bit where you can bump weight or, or things like that, you always want to be the last person going of each set because if you want to talk about the greatest form of competition all right watch three people let's say let's say everybody in the group is trying to squat 315 right and everybody knows they can hit it it's their last set watch the first three people do 315 and then put that little baby two and a half on there and do 320 just so you walk away the alpha Okay, that's the greatest form of competition in the weight room because now those people in your rack next week, they're going to want to push themselves. And Alec Ingle talked about that in our in one of our first podcasts. All of a sudden, you know, he's you know he said one of the guys started ripping doubles in the power clean. All of a sudden, he, that that brings your game up. So there's healthy ways to compete that make your teammates better too, Dean. And we used to call it the weight disc. You know, John Moffat came up with that. He always wanted to go last. He always wanted to go last. You know, and a guy would do, you know, five, 580 in the squat rack. He'd always put a five or a two and a half on there to, to do just a little bit more because, you know, and when we start talking about weight that heavy, you're talking about 580 to 585. There's really not that much difference in how it feels. Okay. Now when you're talking about an experienced lifter, like a Laura Phelps or something like that. Hint, 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 drop, 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 name drop there. Um, that weight's going to seem like a lot to them. Okay. But to a high school kid, five pounds on the squat rack, 
If you can do that and walk away and feel like that maybe you've won just a little bit of an edge there, guys, I would always look to do that. National championship, Brian. Oh, with Lauren, we got to talk about the coaching. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I think one of the, the coolest things that when she talked about um, the head coach was that how calm he is, you know, and, and how calm he remained, um, you know, during the game. And we saw that. And I think coaches, this is, you know, this segment's probably for you guys to listen up real close. The best coaches that I've ever been around, Dean, have that quiet confidence on game day. You know, kids are already going to be excited, no matter what sport they're in, they're, they get to play. You know, we've talked about having competitive practices. Now they get to play, they get to put the jersey on and they get to, you know, be out in front of their friends, their family. If they're in a college stadium, maybe 75, 80,000 people. If they make a mistake, they know they've made a mistake. The 75,000 people in Camp Randall know that a guy's made a mistake. Now, if it's something technical or that they just got beat, there's ways to handle it. If it's, if it's an effort thing and the kid just didn't give effort, yeah, I think there's time that, you know, the voices need to be raised and motivational tactics need to be had. But most of the time, guys, if, you're, if your kids are well-prepared, they know that they've made a mistake. Use game day as the teaching time. Okay, the educational time, the reminder, hey, in our meeting, this is what we went over. Remember to take this step here. And, and, and some of the coaches I've worked with have been incredible on game day. I can use Bob Bostad as a, an incredible example. You know, I mean, Bob is as an intense coach that I've ever been around. I love Bob Bostad to death. I would, you know, go to bat for that guy and coach for that guy at any time, any time, because I love his mentality, the way he goes about things. On game day, very rarely did you see him ever raise his voice, um, you know, get kind of sideways with anything, because at the end of the day, what else are you going to be able to teach him that you didn't teach him the last six days? The haze in the barn after that last practice before a game. Yeah, I think that's Bob's a great example of that. And I think if you're a coach and, and you are getting crazy on the sideline, on the core, wherever, whatever sport that you're coaching. I think that definitely makes a huge difference with the kids. If you're yelling at the referees, you know, everything's going wrong. You have all these situations and that now you have excuses why you might not win the game. Built-ins. Built-ins. It definitely goes right to the athlete. And then the athletes start treating the referees the same way. And now the referees just getting more mad and now you're getting even more calls right against you because now you made the referees mad and you're always kind of complaining it's one reason why when i i don't watch nba basketball very much because i don't think there's an nba player that ever fouls somebody that actually thinks it's a foul <laughs> well i i mean coach sheffield like 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 lauren said you know five you know five points before they won he's like you know in five minutes you're gonna be national champs so you know, take this moment in. I mean, what a what a moment to just have the wherewithal to remind. And, and it is in a certain way that he knows his players well enough that he can say that. So, coaches, that's not always going to work with your kids. But he knew his athletes well enough 
to know what they needed to hear so they can just stop, take a breath, and also realize they're on the cusp of doing something no team in Wisconsin volleyball history had ever done before. And when you watch him, it's just so cerebral as to how he speaks to his athletes. And I think coaches, and Dean, you brought up a great point too. If you're yelling and screaming at officials, don't yell at your kids if they yell and scream at officials. You're modeling. You know, you're the, you're the best model for the athletes. And if you question an official, you do so in a polite manner um, because they're not going to change their call. I mean, I, I very rarely in a high school game, even college game without instant replay, do you scream at official and they change their call? Um, you know, there's some posturing and badgering that goes on to try and maybe get the next call. But I, I don't really believe in that. I don't, I don't think that, that officials, you know, do makeup calls. There's so many people that believe, well, it's a makeup call or it's a homer. And so, again, officials aren't out there trying to screw other teams. And so as a coach, what you model for your athletes is what they're going to do. And if you're given built-ins and, and reasons why you're getting beat, don't expect your athletes not to do the same. And once you start giving built-ins and, and excuses and things like that, you got a culture that's out of control because you, that's a hard thing to get back, man. Once you, once you enable excuses into your programs and you, you enable uncontrollable behavior into your programs, man, I tell you what, uh, those are the programs that usually kind of fall apart. You know, no matter how great they are, no matter how great they are, you start allowing volatile behavior and, and, and unpredictable behavior. Um, you're asking, you're asking for problems in your program. Yeah, Brian. And Colin mentioned, you know, Coach Letter, just how calm he is on, on the sidelines. But you know when Coach Leonard is is yelling that it, it's something really serious because right. he, he's not a screamer and a yeller. He's a teacher. And he knows athletes are going to make mistakes. And he wants to reteach it. So you don't make that mistake again. Everybody makes mistakes. Professional athletes are making mistakes all the time. Coaches are going to make mistakes. Referees are going to make mistakes. It's it's just umpires are going to make mistakes. It's it's just part of the of playing athletics. But how you react in those situations is crucial. Well, Dean, I, I tell you what, to all our coaches out there, you know, um, just really take that that point to heart. And we're not telling you that, that, that there aren't times during games where it's not going to get emotional. But if you're really emotional and uncontrollable on the sidelines, when it's fourth and one, you got to make a big decision. You know, are you going to flinch? Or, or, or are you going to be calm and, and trust, go back to your training? You know, when adversity hits, you don't rise to the level of the situation. You, you fall back on your training, you know? Um, and so... I think coaches just, just take that message seriously and just, just look at yourself internally and it's okay to, to self-evaluate. I think it's very important. And, and so anything else, Dean, for our listeners here before we, before we wrap this bad boy up? No, we're hoping for a Badger victory tomorrow night. There's no doubt about that. Hopefully the Badgers play with a lot of grit and they represent the state of Wisconsin out there in Las Vegas. And uh, then just for all those volleyball listeners, I know we had a, a lot of people reach out and, you know, they're wondering, Hey, are we, when we started, we had a lot of football guests on a lot of strength and conditioning guests. And, you know, now we've had Amy Davis from Wisconsin cross country runner Olympian. And we've had some 
volleyball and, and, and we'll get some basketball. So we're really trying to hit up different areas. So one last thing to all of our listeners, don't be afraid if you have a connection, direct message us. You can do it on Instagram. You can do it on our Twitter account. If, if you know of somebody that would be a great guest, please, we're, we're always looking for contacts. We're always looking for ideas that you think would be a great guest because this is all about the listeners. And although we're learning a ton, Brian, and that's why we love doing this as well, because we are getting better and that's our growth mindset. But the listeners, we want you to get the most out of this podcast. So if anybody has any suggestions, direct message us, get a hold of us. Anybody's got any questions at all and how we can help your program, reach out. Please reach out. We've gotten several already. And don't be afraid to make that call. I know as a, as a young coach, when I first started, I always thought, boy, what, what if I reach out to these people? What if they don't get back to me? Hey, we will get back to you, definitely. And we will do whatever we can to help your athletes and yourself improve and get better. Well, the other thing, Dean, I got a, I actually got a couple of things. One thing we're doing at our gym and, and maybe something that the kids at Kimberly and, and across our state want to do, we're starting this January 1st. So again, this will air on January 2nd, but we're doing something called hashtag 30 days of 10. And we've talked so much about uh, physical development and things like that, but a lot of our guests have talked about mental development. And so what we're going to be doing with the kids at our gym is every day, we're going to ask them to read 10 pages of nonfiction. So leadership, you know, read about their favorite athlete, how they get just things to start spurring their mind and just to understand that success leaves clues. And as you start to read a little more, which kids you need to start diving in some books a little bit and start personal development, even at a young age, it's a great thing. I know Dean and I talk about the books we read all the time with each other. So that's something that we're going to be doing with our kids. And we we're inviting all of our listeners to join. Um, you know, if you have Instagram, share it on your Instagram, hashtag 30 days of 10, tag sports advantage in that. Uh, we'll pop it on one of our stories and share it for you. Uh, the second thing that I want to share is we have the strongest woman alive on the next podcast, Dean. And I am so jacked up to, to share our podcast coming up with, with Laura Phelps, um, Queen Bee Power. She's going to be on our next podcast. I am so jacked up to have her. She was at our gym in December. Uh, did a seminar with us. So Laura will be our, our next one. So you can tune into that. Other than that, 2022 is upon us. It's time to get going. All right. If you got resolutions, get them going. All right. If you got things you want to change in your life, get them going. Whatever your strengths are, build on them. Whatever your weaknesses are, identify them and attack them. We'll see you next time. Shop it.